This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. What up, what up? Hello. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? It's okay. It's okay. Everything's okay. good. Everything is good. We're, uh, we're a couple days behind on recording as planned, but that's okay. They don't have to know that. They don't know that. We can keep it on the deal. <laughs> so, hey, um, do you want to hear a joke about construction? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, I don't like your dad jokes. <laughs> that, that's okay. That's That's okay. I'm still working on it. Go ahead. I want to hear it. You missed the punchline. <laughs> oh, that's the punchline. <laughs> I said, that's okay. I'm still working on it. <laughs> this joke's not funny. Me being stupid is funny. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Oh, uh, well, all right then. Do you like my dad jokes? Yeah. <laughs> so Tyler actually gave me that one. He says that he's going to be my joke writer from now on. So. Oh, okay. So is this, this is a new thing, huh? We're he's he's, he's going to keep it right? coming. He's going to keep it coming. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Please don't stop listening to us. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you, uh, I don't really have any new thing going on. We had spring break last week, but we didn't do anything because have you seen the gas prices? I have also, I just worked. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I had to do that too. <laughs> I, I just worked to pay for the gas to get to the work. It's an endless cycle. It's stupid. It is. <laughs> That's pretty much where I was at too, but no news. Uh, it's your turn this week. Do we just want to roll into it? We can just roll into it. I, I've used my dad joke already. So All right. I think we're ready to go. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my turn. This one is a doozy. It is just warning for everybody up front. It is rough. It's a rough one. This week I am covering Dennis Nilsson, aka the British Jeffrey Dahmer. Even though he was arrested long before Dahmer, that's the nickname he got. He got named after somebody after him. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure that didn't piss him off. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Right. <laughs> so we all know Dahmer. You just covered him. Yes. You I, did, just covered him. I could have definitely done like a three-parter on him, but. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I, I know how uh, frustrating that can get when people are listening to one and have to wait an old, a whole nother week to listen to the second. Part. I know I get frustrated, but I'm listening to podcasts and I have to wait a week for a second. part. <laughs> so yes. Um, so this is a one-parter. <laughs> yeah. I could have drawn it out, but I didn't go into every single victim and all that stuff. So by using our context clues, we can tell that this one's going to be rough. We know that Dahmer focused on young boys and men and he did like awful things to them. So there's reason that this guy has the nickname that he has. So everybody's warned. Let's get into it. Okay. On February 8th, 1983, Michael Katran was called to a job. He was a plumber. And he'd gotten quite a few calls from Cranley Gardens, which was an apartment building in North London. Several, 
<laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. Don't mind me just opening my cherry coke. <laughs> you tried to do it so quietly. It was <laughs> Several residents were complaining of blocked drains. Okay. So they called the plumbers. Katran gets to the building and he goes over to the side of the building where the drain cover was located. He opened up the drain and he reaches in and he starts pulling out the blockage. Yes, that's the face you should make for that because that's gross. But instead of pulling out typical vomitous drain blockage like hair and grossness and stuff like that, he began pulling out what appeared to be a flesh-like substance and small broken bones. Now, a few of the building's residents had come out and they were standing around and one of them says to him, it looks to me that someone has been flushing down their Kentucky fried chicken. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that is disgusting. And that resident was Dennis Milson. Oh, Kentucky fried chicken. Oh, okay. And that blockage was not KFC. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so now that I have your attention, we're going to go backwards in time and talk about Dennis Nilsson. He's like one of those guys in the looks like it's this guy over here. <laughs> right. Yes, he was. And it did not work. So <laughs> like trying to trying to change his voice. Trying to point the finger somewhere else. Well, you know what happens when you point that finger, sir? It comes back to you. Say there's three. That's what I was about to say. What, what was that thing that we used to say? Um, it was like our our insult back in the 90s. Oh, you point that finger at me. There's three pointing back at you. <laughs> right. And there there was three pointed back at him. All right, so Dennis Nelson was born November 23rd, 1945 in Fraserburgh, Scotland. His parents had a pretty rocky marriage. His father, Olav, was a Norwegian soldier who spent very little time at home and eventually ended up leaving for good, just leaving. So he left- Like, um, like went to go get some milk and never came back. And exactly. And <laughs> so that left his mother- Betty White to raise him and his two siblings. You did not just say his mother's name was Betty White. <laughs> it's, it's not that Betty White. I was waiting for that. Betty? No. Is that you? It was not. R.I.P. Queen, but it was not that one. This one's spelled W-H-Y-T-E. So, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so Betty loaded up the kids and they all went to live with her parents. Nilsson grew super close to his grandfather, Andrew White, and Andrew had become, I wrote Andre. No, Andrew. <laughs> I'm going to call him Andre from now on. I started to say it Andre. and I was like, nope, that's not right. Andrew had become like a father figure to Nilsson. So unfortunately, just a few weeks before Nilsson's sixth birthday, Andrew suddenly died of a heart attack when he was fishing. Oh, no. Yeah. So that completely devastated him. Um, he felt like this was his second father that he had that was close to him that just like left him. And he has said that he's convinced that the trauma of this loss had a lasting impact on him and put him on the path to murder. Like that is a bold statement, sir. Yes. Okay. Those, yeah. Those terrible things happened to you. You had to deal with them at a young age, but like there's a ton of people in the world that lost somebody close to them at a young age and they didn't like murder about it. I guess I just don't understand when people use that as trick. I mean, I know it's a thing. I'm not trying to push it off to the side, I guess you could say, but like, why does it always end up being, you know, serial killers or murderers trying to use a death in the family, like something like that as their trigger response They always when try to they didn't have something. a trigger before el anything else. Like right. you didn't have like all this stuff just tumbling down on you. And then that was the trigger. No, you can't use that. <laughs> yeah, he's just looking for something to blame it on. 
So yeah, not buying it as an excuse. You could have yeah. used other tools to cope. Like, come on, you're not excused, sir. After Andrew's death and before his burial, his body was brought back to the family home. And I guess that was like a common thing back then. Nelson's mother brought him into view, his grandfather's body, and she told him that he was sleeping. So he says that this failure to explain death to him provided him the catalyst for his shocking crimes later in life. So basically, this bitch has an excuse for everything. Like, he's just blaming it on literally everything. I'm sorry that you dum-dum and don't know the difference. <laughs> I mean, he was five, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I take that back, too. <laughs> but no. No, you can't blame everything on you murdering people. It's yeah. not how that I works. Mean, I mean, they're, no matter what, you're always going to have an excuse. There's always right. going to be an excuse out there when anything like that happens. Right. Any type of crime. It doesn't even have to be that. It. I mean, they rapes, like rapists, they use excuses. Um, thieves use excuses. Like there's always going to be an excuse. So find something more clever. <laughs> we've heard it already the simpsons did it no <laughs> do, you, do you remember that episode of south Park? yes <laughs> <laughs> okay so after the death of his grandfather nilson became quiet and reserved his mother eventually remarried and the family moved inland and once nilson hit puberty he began to struggle with his sexuality so he was unsure if he was gay or bisexual because he found himself attracted to guys but every guy he found himself attracted to looked suspiciously like his sister. Ew. Uh -huh. <laughs> so he decided one day he was going to conduct a little test to try to figure it out. He decided he was going to wait until his brother and sister both went to sleep. And then he would just fondle each of them and see which one he liked better. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you can't see my face, but I'm very disgusted. I know everybody. I'm just like, uh-huh. And they can't see it. But yeah, that's <laughs> the face. You, everybody else is making that face right now. <laughs> the so, face you're making right now yeah i'm doing it too <laughs> she's doing it too well his brother woke up during the act yeah so after that he was quote bullied and called he was called a hen which is the scottish slang for a girl so like poor you you get called names for molesting your siblings i don't feel bad for you you shouldn't have been molesting your siblings right that's the worst that happened to you for doing that come on so at the age of 14, Nelson decided he was going to join the Army Cadet Force and then the British Army. So he did that. He left school, went to the Cadet Force, and then joined the Army. While in the Army, Nelson started to drink, like a lot. So he did this to help him relax and become more social. And one night he drank until he passed out, and he woke up the next morning in the floor at one of his friend's houses. Dennis later claimed that this incident became a source for his fixations with having sex while one of the parties was immobile. Oh, even, God. Yeah. Even though nothing like that happened that night. He just passed out and woke up. Like, nothing happened. Why are you... Then how can you use that? Well, from then on, he would begin pretending to be passed out at parties in hopes that one of his friends would, like, make a pass at him. Ew. Yeah. Dude's fucked up. No, people aren't fucked up like you. <laughs> yeah. So that didn't happen, but okay. Well, obviously. <laughs> His first interaction with crime came when he was in the army in 1967, and it wasn't a crime that he committed. So Nilsson was abducted by a local taxi driver. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like the man came up and like knocked him out and put him in his trunk and drove off. 
And so Nilsson woke up while he was in the trunk. And when the taxi driver stopped the car and like opened the trunk to get him out, Nilsson jumped out and knocked the driver down with a jack handle that had been in the trunk. Oh. So he, he then beat the man unconscious, put him in his own truck and like left him there. So that, that was his first like interaction with crime. I mean, dude deserved it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give him kudos for that one. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't see anything wrong with his actions there. I don't, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you. I don't see anything wrong with that. Like if somebody abducted me and threw me in the trunk, I would like to hope that I would have that reaction to that. <laughs> <laughs> so Nilsson retired from the army in 1972 and went back home. While home, his mother began to repeatedly voice her concerns with his lack of interest in finding a woman to settle down with. So by this point, Nilsson knew that he was gay. While he was in the army, he had hired a sex worker so he could have intercourse with a woman for the first time. And he described this experience as overrated and depressing. Oh, well, right. Fuck you too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you're overrated and depressing. (laughs) So his mom's all like, when are you going to find me a daughter-in-law and have me some grandkids? And he's like, ew. So <laughs> he's like, no, no, he's not interested in that. One day, Nilsson and his brother went to this group watching documentary thing, which apparently was a thing. I don't know. But it was this documentary about male homosexuality. Oh, okay. It's like, why is that a thing? Like, were there also group watching documentaries on straight people? Like, why are we fixated on this? what the yeah yeah. anyways so they go watch this documentary with like a big group of people when it's over everyone starts like having this debate or whatever except it's not really a debate it's really everyone except nilson basically ripping on gay people not cool oh so like they went to make fun of it exactly rather than go and like watch it exactly it was more okay which i mean is vomitous I mean, but no, I agree, but that makes more sense. So they all because go, I was kind of confused because back then it was like, that's not an okay thing. That was, that was a taboo thing. It was a different time. But yeah, no. So basically they all went to watch this so they could go rip on it. And Nilsson starts defending gay rights. And I mean, also go Nilsson then. I know. I don't, because, but it, like, there's a couple times where I'm like, go Nilsson, but then, whoa, no. But then you're like, no, no. that's not fried chicken. <laughs> it is not, it's not okay. It's not fried chicken. <laughs> so he starts defending the gay rights. Him and his brother get into this huge fight over it, which I don't understand why his brother's surprised by this because he literally molested you when you were children, mm-hmm. but okay. So get into a fight and Nilsson's brother ended up outing him to their mother. So Nilsson gets all upset and he leaves home and he moves to London. <laughs> that was very extreme, he's, but okay. It was extreme. He was like, I don't have to take this shit. I'm going to London. Moves <laughs> to London where he joins the Metropolitan Police for like a hot minute. Like literally just a second. He resigned from the force after about a year. So that barely happened. He was then a security guard for a little while, but he eventually ended up settling with a job for a silver. Nope for a civil servant post at a job center. There, he rarely interacted with his coworkers and was known as like a workaholic. Like all he did was work all the time and that was it. Nobody talked to him, he had no friends there. He started going to gay bars in the area at night and he had several brief relationships that he considered to be sentimental, but they all ended in breakups. So Nilsson eventually began to believe that he was unfit for a long-term relationship 
And this is where the murders begin. So Nielsen's first victim was 14-year-old Stephen Holmes. The two had met December 30th, 1978 at the Cricklewood Arms Pub after Holmes had tried unsuccessfully to buy alcohol because he was 14. Nielsen was like, hey, I got you. Like, let's go back to my place. I have tons of alcohol there. And Nielsen has claimed that he thought Holmes was around 17, not 14. But like, whatever, you liar. Ever, okay? Okay. You liar. So the two went back to his place and they drank all night and then they fell asleep. Nilsson woke up the next morning to find Holmes was still sleeping in his bed. He sat there for a little bit thinking and he realized that once Holmes woke up, he would probably go home. And Nilsson didn't want that. I mean, it was New Year's Eve after all. Nobody wants to spend New Year's Eve alone, you know. So in order to keep Holmes there, he began to strangle him with a necktie in his sleep until he lost consciousness. Once Holmes was unconscious, Nilsson drowned him in a bucket in the kitchen. Oh, God. Yeah. He's like, you can't leave me. You got to stay here with me because it's New Year's Eve. So let me just murder you about it. <laughs> Don't leave me. Right. I was just sleeping, man. <laughs> it, was, it was literally just a 14-year-old kid sleeping. Yeah, that's awful. Now, this part is gross. So oh, God. He, he then masturbated over Holmes's body. And then hit the body under his floorboards for about eight months. What? Yeah. After about eight months, he took what was left of the body out behind his house. And he had made a big burn pile and just, and burnt the rest of it. What hadn't decomposed. Yeah. That had to have been an awful smell. Uh, I'm going to get there, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) So in October of 1979, Nilsson met Andrew Ho in another pub. Andrew was a student from Hong Kong and Nilsson lured him back to his place with the promise of sex. While there, Nilsson attempted to strangle Andrew, but he was able to escape and went to the police. Hmm. Yeah. Sound a little Domery. So police questioned him and he was like, no, I didn't do that. And that was that. Oh, and okay. It, and Andrew, Probably because he had a history of, of working for a police department too. Probably. Yeah. He was like, no, I didn't do it. And then Andrew didn't end up pressing charges for some reason. So that was uh, I would have. Andrew, what's wrong with you? Okay. <laughs> so two months later, Nilsson met a Canadian student named Kenneth Ockenden in a pub. Kenneth didn't know the area well because he was newly there from Canada. So Nilsson saw this as an opportunity. He was like, hey, you want me to like take you on a tour of London? Like, I'll show you the town. I'll show you all the great landmarks. It'll be great. So Kenneth was like, cool. That'd be awesome. That's so sad. Right? So Nilsson actually took him on a tour of the town. Like he showed him everything. And then when he was done showing him around, he was like, hey, you want to like come back to my place and hang out? And Kenneth was like, sure. Probably thinking that he's like, oh, I'm so I'm lucky. about to make my first friend. Yeah, I'm so lucky to have found this new friend in the city where I don't know anybody yet. Which so- he found it as an opportunity. Nobody knew him here. Mm-hmm, exactly. So they go back to Nilsson's place and they're just hanging listen to music, having a good old time. Then out of nowhere, Nilsson comes up behind Kenneth and strangled him to death. The next morning, Nilsson staged Kenneth's body in a number of suggestive poses and he photographed the whole thing. He then sat the corpse beside him and just watched some TV with him. You know, super casual. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody can see your face the entire time. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just processing it all. It's a lot to process. When he was done watching TV, he wrapped the body in plastic and hid it under the floorboards. 
Now, over the next two weeks, Nilsson would bring Kenneth's body out four separate times. Each of these times, he would place the body in an armchair where it would remain while Nilsson drank and watched TV before wrapping it back up in plastic and placing it back under the floorboards. What the fuck? Because it's just like Dahmer wanted a companion that would never leave. Right, but seriously though, guys. So instead of trying to turn them into sex zombies like he did, he just straight up killed them and then would just set hang out with their yeah just just hang out with them the next victim we're going to talk about was 16 year old martin duffy nilson lured him back to his place where he strangled him while he was sleeping martin lost consciousness and nilson brought him into the kitchen where he then drowned martin in the kitchen sink once martin was dead nilson took his body to the bathroom and bathed him now over the next couple of days nilson left martin's body in the tub And would just like come in and hang out with him, like talk to him, compliment him, masturbate over him, you know, things any good boyfriend would do, right? I mean, what? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, that's not right. That's insane. (laughs) Wait a minute. Go back to that. Um, That is not a good boyfriend. That is no boyfriend is doing anything like that. Please don't. (laughs) No, that was that was sarcasm. I was like, wait, what? It caught me off guard that sentence. I was just trying to make sure you, your eyes were like glazed over because you were just trying to process everything. I was like, let's see if she hears this. <laughs> so after sitting in the tub for days, the body began to get really bloated. It was then that Nelson decided it was time to put the body under the floorboards. By the time August of 1980 rolled around, he started to notice the bodies under the floorboards were beginning to smell like really bad. Oh, really? Yeah. How about that? And they were beginning to get covered in maggots. So this did not work for him. So he tried to cover up the smell by putting like different deodorants under the floorboards with bodies. And (laughs) yeah, yeah, that that, that was his big plan. And he tried using insecticides to get rid of like his maggot problem. Like, uh, like John, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Yeah. So he realized that these quick fixes that had come back were not fixing anything. Like it was not working. So He decided it was time for another burn pile, but he's like, I can't just bring these full ass decomposing bodies out back and burn them. Somebody would notice that. So this is when he began dismembering the bodies and placing them into several garbage bags to burn. Again, sounds like someone we've talked about minus the burning, right? The garbage bags. Yeah. Yeah. He even threw tires into the burn pile So the smell of the burning tires would overpower the smell of the burning flesh because he didn't want neighbors getting suspicious. So that's, that's how he masked Uh the smell of that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So then he ran into an unexpected problem. His landlord decided that he wanted to renovate the property that he was renting and was like, I'm going to need you to move out. So he had to move. So he dismembered and burned or buried all the bodies that he had left at the time because there was quite a bit. He just, he was steady killing people and putting them under floorboards and stuff. And then he moved to an attic flat in 23 Cranley Gardens, that apartment building that I was talking about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So when he first moved, Nilsson continued to invite men over. And for a while, he refrained from killing any of them. So like, good job, I guess, right? You're growing <laughs> as yeah. a person. You're growing as a person, way to not murder. Um, But he didn't not murder because he was like doing some soul searching and working on being a better person. He just hadn't figured out a way to like hide and dispose of bodies yet. 
Because <laughs> like he didn't have space under floorboards or he didn't right. have access to the garden area outside to make a burn pile. So like, what was he going to do? There were two incidents during this time that he slipped up and almost killed. One of those times he had lured a Japanese chef named Toshimitsu Azawa back to his flat. I think I said that right. Um, <laughs> Nelson came at him with a tie, like just came at him with a, with a tie. And Oswald was able to escape and run off. He was like, not today, Satan, and ran out. <laughs> the other guy was a man named Paul Nobbs. Now, Paul ended up staying the night with Nielsen. And when he woke up the next morning, he felt super dizzy. And his eye was like bloodshot red. And Nielsen was like, hey, bro, you don't look too good. Like, maybe you should go to the hospital about it. <laughs> so he did. And while he was there, he was told that it appeared that someone had tried to strangle him oh my god <laughs> right like first off you're a heavy ass sleeper bro okay <laughs> how did you not realize you were not able to breathe you got <laughs> to sleep apnea <laughs> like, he strangled him hard enough to make his eye bloodshot and him be dizzy when he woke up but he didn't remember it he's like oh where am i oh <laughs> And he was like, bro, bro, you don't look too good. <laughs> I think mean, you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Could you imagine having somebody come up to you after being at the hospital and saying, it looks like somebody tried to strangle. Oh, what is that? Like, so neither of these men ended up going to the police. They were just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a dip and like left. They didn't <laughs> have anything gonna, to do with him again. <laughs> I'm going to not go to strangers' houses anymore. Right. Stop going to strangers' houses, people. <laughs> In March of 1982, this is when Nilsson struck again after moving. So he had met a man named John Howlett. Howlett ended up falling asleep and Nilsson sat by his side for a while, drinking and thinking. Dangerous game with a serial killer. Eventually, he decided that he wanted to keep Howlett to himself. So he began to strangle him in his sleep, but Howlett woke up and fought back. The two struggled for a while and Howlett almost overpowered him, but Nilsson was able to choke him like until he lost consciousness so at first Nelson thought that he had killed him but then he realized that Hallett was still breathing so he filled the bathtub with water and held Hallett under for five minutes straight oh my gosh mm -hmm. he kept Hallett with him for a while like his corpse kept him for a while talking to him watching tv with him and doing gross sex stuff with him until he realized the body had become too badly decomposed and that he needed to get rid of it but he couldn't use any of his old tricks for that. So this is when he came up with a new vomitous way of disposing of bodies. He was going to dismember the body and flush it down the toilet. So after dismembering the body, he realized these bones aren't going to just flush. Like I can't, I'm going to stop the toilet up and then someone's going to have to come in here and fix it. And that's not going to work. So he decided he would strip the bones of the flesh and flush the flesh and organs down the toilet. And then he would just bag up the bones and take them out with the trash. Again, sound like anyone we knew. Yeah. Which at that point, I'm like, why don't you just put it all in the trash? Why are we flushing? I know. Like you're sitting here and literally carving at it. That's like, like that's awful. That's, that is awful. Why? I don't know. I guess to make it less likely for if the bones are discovered, less likely for them to be how messy is that too? I did. Yeah. Mm -mm. Can you imagine what his apartment looked like? Uh, 
So two months later, a man named Carl Stodder had come over and was sleeping in a sleeping bag. He came over and brought his own sleeping bag. So, okay. <laughs> I don't know. So you want to come stay the night? Yeah, sure. I'll be down in 10 minutes. So let me grab my sleeping bag. <laughs> let me grab my sleeping bag real fast. <laughs> Did he just carry it around with him? I, I mean, I don't went? know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he was like a boy scout and he was just always prepared all right so stodder woke up to nilson strangling him and was then taken to the bathroom where he was forcefully immersed underwater (sighs) nilson then sat stodder's body into an armchair thinking he was dead but then nilson's dog bleep walked over wait wait, what (laughs) nilson had a dog named bleep where where the fuck did this dog come from (laughs) he apparently had this dog like for a while like a long time and second of all where did you find that name his name was bleep (laughs) bleep come here bleep yes Uh, all right so poor bleep witnessing all of this by the way so bleep walked over and started licking Sauter's face and Bleep had never interacted with any of the corpses. He just kind of, he like stayed away from oh, them. no, Bleep. He, well. He just gave him away. <laughs> he did, he gave him away. So Nelson was like, shit, he's still alive. Bleep don't mess with dead people. <laughs> but for some reason, he then decided to resuscitate Sauter. Oh. He was like, well, maybe he's meant to be, Bleep says he should live. Oh, okay. Way to go, Bleep. So, way to go. So when Sauter came to, he was like, what the fuck just happened? And Nelson was, you should Nelson probably was, go to the hospital. Probably go to the hospital about it. So Nelson was like, oh man, like you got stuck in your sleeping bag and you accidentally strangled yourself when you started struggling to like get out. So you should rest, like get some rest. Sutter was like, okay. Why am I all wet? <laughs> like, I would well, be oh, asking more questions. He just like, he goes to rest and he stays there for a couple of days. And over the next few days, he starts having like flashbacks of Nilsson strangling him and drowning him. And so he like asks him about it. He's like, Nilsson, like what the hell? Like I keep having these like visions. Why would you flashbacks. ask him about it? Right? Me? Well, because he wasn't well. <laughs> he should have gone to the doctor about it. Um, so he asked him about it. And Nilsson was like, oh yeah, dude. Like when you were stuck in your sleeping bag, you like freaked out and lost consciousness. And I put you in some cold water to try to like shock you awake. So that's what that is. You're just remembering that. So Stoddard was like, okay, <laughs> so I'm a dip now. <laughs> and Nelson was like, yeah, okay, okay, that's cool, yeah. But like, you should come back by soon. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put out this open invitation. It's like out there for you, come back anytime. And Stoddard, <laughs> Stoddard was like, nah, bro, I'm good. And he like never came back. He just left. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so can I don't imagine, know. Can you imagine being that guy when it comes out that he, this guy's a mass murderer? And so I don't know if he thought like, oh, Bleep says I should like let this one live. Maybe that means he's going to be my companion and like stay with me and we have a chance at making this work. I don't fucking know. He's insane, <laughs> right? No. Just love me. <laughs> he's got some major, major commitment problems not commitment uh, problems he's too committed no i don't know what he, that's called he, he uh he's got that crazy ex-girlfriend issue yeah <laughs> separation he has he separation problems he's got he's got issues another victim was graham allen who nilson had brought back to his house and strangled while he was eating an omelet which like rude 
let me finish my meal. Alan's body was left in the bathtub for three days. Nilsson eventually ended up calling into work one day just so he could dismember and dispose of his body. Ugh. Yeah. On January 26, 1983, Nilsson killed his final victim. So there was like a ton of victims that I didn't in mention. Between, yeah. Yeah. Stephen Sinclair had come back to Nilsson's flat for some drinks and was strangled to death while sitting in Nilsson's armchair. Once Nilsson was, no, not Nilsson. Once Sinclair was dead, Nilsson noticed that Sinclair's wrists were bandaged up. So it turned out that Sinclair had attempted suicide just a few days before Nilsson killed him. Oh, that's so sad. So sad. So Nilsson bathed the body and then laid it on the bed. He then arranged a bunch of mirrors around the bed, undressed, and lay naked beside Sinclair's body. After laying there for several hours, Nilsson kissed the body and wished it goodnight and went to sleep. Everyone's making that face right now. <laughs> Go ahead. What's with the mirrors? <laughs> I don't, he's, I'm telling you, he's psychotic. Okay. okay. When he eventually dismembered this body and placed the bones into garbage bags, he used Sinclair's own bandages from his wrist to seal the bags. Oh, that's fucked up. Right? That's like fucked. So now we've made it back to where we started. Michael Catran is unclogging the drain and finding what Nilsson said was someone's Kentucky Fried Chicken. Katerin was like, yeah, this is super sketch. So I'm gonna go get my supervisor and bring him back and see if we should call the police about it. So, <laughs> so he gets a supervisor and comes back and they find that someone else has cleaned the drain out while they were gone. No, he did not. He, did. he was like, oh shit, this is not. <laughs> I gotta get this Kentucky Fried Chicken out. <laughs> He's like, let me get all this evidence up. I didn't know where it went when I flushed it. Now I know. So <laughs> they're like, well, that's shady AF. So they examined the pipes leading up, like leading through the drains, and they found more bones and scraps of flesh-like substance. And they followed the trail all the way up the pipes to Nilsson's flat. So police were like called and a pathologist confirmed that these were in fact human bones, not KFC. And the flesh-like substance was, you guessed it, human flesh. One of the flesh scraps they found was actually confirmed to be a part of a human neck. And they could clearly see ligature marks indicating strangulation had occurred. Oh my gosh. Right? They were like, okay, we should probably go talk to this guy. So three officers waited outside of his flat waiting on him to come home. Home home. (laughs) Say that again. (laughs) Three officers waited outside of his flat waiting on him to come home. While they waited. I'm sorry. I had to do it. (laughs) While they waited. They were hit with the smell of decomposition. When Nilsson returned, they were like, so the drain blockage that people have been complaining about, yeah, that turned out to be human remains. And Nilsson was like, what? (laughs) What? You don't say. He was like, I am super shocked. That is brand new information. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, no, we know you had something to do with it. Like we followed the pipes up to your flat. So where's the rest of the body? And Nelson was like, okay, yeah, you got me. Come on in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wait, what? Yeah. He was like, come on in. And he led them to a closet where he had been storing some remains that he hadn't like disposed of yet. And police were like, shit, okay, is there more? And Nelson told them, he said, it's a long story and I'll tell you all about it at the police station. 
Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So on the way to the police station, one of the officers asked Nilsen if the, if the remains belonged to one person or two. And Nilsen just stared out the window blankly and said, there have been about 15 or 16 since 1978. So yeah. At the station, Nilsen made a full confession. He told police there were more remains in a tea chest in his living room and even more inside of an upturned drawer in his bathroom. Yeah. Then he was like, oh, and I killed 12 or 13 more men at my former address, gave them the address and led officers to his previous home where he had like burned and buried remains. Nilsen also admitted to attempting to kill around seven other men, but they had all survived and he had let them go. He didn't let them go. <laughs> they ran. <laughs> they ran. <laughs> they were like, peace, bro. Nilsen even revealed to police all of the details on what he would do with the bodies of his victims. So this is gross. Get ready. He told them he would typically bathe them and shave any hair they had on their torso because that's how he liked his men. Bare chested. He would then apply makeup to any obvious spots or blemishes that they had on their skin. You know, just tr trying to enhance their looks. He would usually dress the bodies in socks and underwear if he was planning on sitting and having a long conversation with the corpse. Because, you know, it would be indecent for him just to talk to a naked corpse, I guess. I don't know. With most of his victims, Nilsen masturbated over the body and he would sometimes engage in intercrural sex with the bodies, which I didn't know what that was. So I Googled it and I was traumatized. So I'm not going to explain it to you. Oh, thanks. I'll just say that it's also known as thigh sex. So yeah. What the fuck is thigh sex? I'm not, I just told you I'm not going to explain <laughs> it to you. <laughs> not going to explain it to you. So he admitted to doing this, but he repeatedly stressed that he had never penetrated any of his victims. Because he said they were too perfect and beautiful for the pathetic ritual of commonplace sex. Also, like, why is he so judgy of, like, girls and sex? <laughs> like, what <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> At one point, he defended his behavior saying, quote, a corpse is a thing. It can't feel. It can't suffer. What the fuck? Yeah. He said, if you're more upset by what I did to a corpse than what I did to a living person, then your morals are upside down. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm Our, the problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how, how gaslighting is that? Like, you're the problem. <laughs> Narcissist at its best. Okay. <laughs> he also told police he kept the bodies as long as decomposition would allow, often applying more makeup throughout time to enhance their appearance. And then once they were decomposed too much, he would then dismember them and he would boil their heads in a large cooking pot. He explained that he did this so the flesh and brains would cook off and evaporate because then it was easier to, to like dispose of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An extensive search of his flat revealed the lower section of a torso with two legs and a bag in the bathroom and a skull, a section of a torso and various bones and a tea chest in his living room. Nilsen ended up being charged and found guilty on six counts of murder and one count of attempted murder. So like of all those people that got away from him, only one came forward and he was able to get charged for that one. And then they were only able to link six of, of the remains that they had found because he'd gotten rid of all the other remains. It's believed that he was responsible for 12 to 16 murders in all, but a lot of the victims, like I said, were never identified. On November 11th, 1983, Nilsen was sentenced to life in prison 
with the possibility of parole in 25 years. What? <laughs> you just keep making faces the entire time. It's okay. You can interact. <laughs> I'm sorry, but wait, what? Yeah. So why would they even give him the possibility of parole? I, I don't know, but it doesn't matter because that sentence was changed in 1994 and the possibility of parole was eliminated. They're like, no, oh, that's you, good. Yeah. They're like, no, you cannot go out of here ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> you must stay you must stay <laughs> and Nilsson's response to that was basically that's cool I have no desire to be free anyway so I'll just stay <laughs> in the early 90s he was asked to comment on Dahmer since their crimes were so similar and Dahmer was arrested after him mm-hmm. Nilsson accused Dahmer of lying about his cannibalism he was like oh he was so he was so pissed off. He was salty AF <laughs> that they gave him that nickname, I'm sure. Like he, you're not famous, buddy. Dahmer's famous. <laughs> right, Dahmer's famous. You're just the British Dahmer. So he's like, no, he's lying about his cannibalism. He did do that. And they asked him if he ate any of his victims. And he was appalled. And he was like, no, I'm strictly a bacon and eggs man. Thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking about how I don't think I'm going to be able to eat chicken for a while. Yeah. Or bacon and eggs now. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to go make some, um, lemon pasta, chicken, lemon chicken pasta. That was hard to say. Mm, Yeah. I think I'm good on the chicken right now. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I'm, it's not KFC. So I'm fine with it. So gross. On May 12th, 2018, Nielsen died at the age of 72 as a result of complications following a stomach surgery. So he had been taken to the hospital two days before complaining of abdominal pains. And during the surgery, he suffered from a blood clot and he died. An autopsy revealed his official cause of death was a pulmonary embolism and retroperitoneal hemorrhage. (laughs) And that is the case of the British Jeffrey Dahmer. The British Jeffrey Dahmer. Because he doesn't get his own name. No. (laughs) No. I'm just, yeah. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -mm. So that was a gross one, and I'm sorry about it. Like, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, why would you even say that? Oh, looks like KFC to me. (laughs) He was literally like, don't, don't be suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) Way way to ruin chicken for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) fucking dennis nelson so yeah okay. that is that all right then okay until next week when i do another unsolved case no i'm just kidding i swear to god <laughs> <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding well i mean i don't know if i'm kidding but <laughs> see anyway, whatever moves you <laughs> um, yeah. whatever moves me um so yeah follow all the stuff follow all the stuff sarahogsisters.com there's links to everything there instagram facey space everything you can contact yeah. us, send us requests, just say hi. Yeah. And we'll we, say hello. We actually do answer messages, guys. Because <laughs> we're just not doing anything else now. <laughs> <laughs> because, because we're just, we just, you know, when we're supposed to be working, we're not really working. <laughs> I really do check the email often just to see if somebody sends a case so that I can call it before you do. So <laughs> I know that's exactly what I do too. It's pretty bad. Um, I have notifications that go up on my phone for all of my emails because like I've got my work email. I I've do got, not because that would all day long it'd just be nothing but a giant notification. My my work email doesn't. 
doesn't do flag that. me but like my regular email and my serialholic sister's email I don't even know how to do that I gotta figure that oh, out oh I do that's how come I'm like oh I'm gonna go check this right now because <laughs> I'm just gonna flag the serialholic one then yeah you can you can set up your notifications to go off I'm gonna need you to show me how <laughs> I can't do that <gasps> I forgot <laughs> I forgot oh my god okay <laughs> that's fine that's fine well, I'm kidding I'm kidding follow all the stuff okay let's be <laughs> awkward <laughs> oh okay that was <laughs> Are we, are we being awkward now? Is that what we're doing? We can be awkward. Okay. Okay, <laughs> bye. bye.